Welcome to today's Industrial IoT Podcast brought to you by MarketScale. I'm Sean Heath, and today's show conversation gives me the opportunity to speak with Stuart Sykes, the Vice President of Business Development and Strategy for People Power Company. Stuart, how are you today? I'm well, Sean. Thanks very much. I am really excited to get to talk to you about this because even today, as we move into a new year, there is a large segment of industry just across the board that does not understand just how important IoT is going to be in their businesses moving forward. So before we get to that, how'd you get started in IoT? Well, Sean, um, let me give you the background, but but you know, I think it's fair to say that unless we're living under a rock now, we're all involved in, in IoT. It's it's surrounding consumers. I had the chance to get involved uh, really over a decade ago. Before being at People Power, I was president of a market research firm that specializes in consumer facing technologies. So, really, I, I think personally, when I first started noticing. Uh, where IoT was headed in the home was with video entertainment being impacted by internet-delivered um, technology. So first, of course, uh, the content that people started watching was was you know consumer-produced, um, a lot of clips and and YouTube videos and things. Which first you could laugh those off as interesting fad, and then of course they became sources of entertainment. And then we started to see that the internet became a delivery mechanism for content and, and Netflix and, and, and YouTube and others uh, growing. And now we're seeing that it's really impacting the entertainment space in the form of devices as well as services. So now we have the Chromecast, Sticks, um, Fire TV, and, and whole uh, pay TV platforms being disrupted to accommodate internet-delivered um, content, which you could argue that's not a IoT, but my point here is that that's that was really where I noticed that, gosh, this internet connected everything is is really starting to change the world. And then um, seeing how uh, seeing people or hearing people talk about the fact that you know with with Moore's law and with with devices and sensors becoming so inexpensive and wirelessly connected that they can surround our world that, of course, then theoretically, hearing about uh, cheap collection of data and the ability to take all this data and package it, monetize it, mine it, do something with it, really was was an important part of, in the market research business, of focusing on where consumer technology was headed. Now, we are seeing that many of these products that... that um, we saw some attempts to enter some categories. We're now seeing some very successful products, which you know we call hero products. Things like Nest, things like uh, Amazon Alexa, things like the Ring doorbell are are really transforming the way consumers think about IoT. So you mentioned the Alexa and the Nest as these voice assistants really start to to come into their own and start to really step onto the stage. How do you see them fitting into this overall smart home ecosystem as a whole? Well, that's a great question and an important question. So I, I let me first say that I, I think we could all agree that one of the most transformative events in consumer IoT is the arrival of, of, of these smart speaker systems or, or voice control systems. And, you know, at the, at, at, for a couple of reasons. One is that they work. 
um, and and they're fun. And as we see with technology, there are a lot of great products out there that that do some fairly good things. But if they're not fun and engaging, uh, adoption is difficult. And that is you know one way that we can summarize the history of the IoT smart home space. Is there been a lot of clunky products that aren't that fun, not that engaging, and and therefore they haven't done well. So here we have a number of products, uh, Alexa and Google Home being great examples, that they really are an inflection point in terms of, A, consumer awareness of of, of what connected products that aren't the, the traditional things like smartphones and smart TVs that we're used to. So it's a new category of products that people all of a sudden say, wow, this is fun, this is useful, and, I, and it's affordable, and I see its application. So... For, for the very basic reason of, of it's, it's changing the way it, – it's enabling us to do some things with our voice that is easier to do with our fingers. So uh, typing commands in our phone, uh, setting the security system before we leave the home with our hands full of stuff. You know, there's some very basic uh, applications where voice just makes more sense. Now – there's some challenges that, that I see on the horizon. Um, one of them is the architectural challenge. So that is, you know, will these vendors push their early success? And, uh, you know, will, will Amazon follow with an Amazon refrigerator, an Amazon oven, and an Amazon microwave that, that are all a part of this Alexa ecosystem um, such that you have to buy their ecosystem of products. I don't think that's likely, but but I have to wonder how far uh, these companies are going to try to push their success and own the various parts of, of the IoT ecosystem in your home. Today, of course, uh, there's a lot of interoperability between products that, that you can control through these voice response units. Uh, and, of course, we're seeing voice, uh, Alexa in particular, being embedded in products like cars, thermostats, uh, and, and I'm sure soon in appliances. And if as long as we can maintain the products we've invested in and, and add voice to them, that's great. And another challenge that you know I'll throw out um, with voice is, you know, apps are great. We all have lots of apps, but, you know, the truth of the matter is they're only each person only really uses a small number of apps compared to the million plus that there are you know, in, in the app stores. The reason for that, one reason for that is that you know, apps are great, but if, if, you, if you have to dig through two or three layers of menus, then that app becomes difficult and, and unused. Voice could, could go the same way. I mean, right now, we can tell our, our uh, Amazon device, our Alexa, to you know, to um, set a timer. That's easy. But if we have to say, Alexa, tell vendor ABC to use vendor CDF to do XYZ, that's almost learning a whole new lexicon. And, and that will be difficult for consumers to embrace. So that's that's the downside. But that's a long answer to your question. But it's, it's, this is an inflection point in, in adoption of, of consumer technology. So I have a two-part question. One goes towards the micro and the other goes towards the macro. So let's do the micro first. So with smart homes on the rise, do you think we get to a point where we're not buying devices to put into our home, but we're building them into the home when it's actually being constructed in the first place? 
Yeah, definitely. I think that that's that's coming soon, and and People Power is is talking uh, and working with some large home builders in in Asia right now uh, uh, who have this vision of of building new buildings with this technology already in them. So I, I I think that's definitely a part of the of the future. You know, I tell I talk to people about uh, an experience I had as a young boy when my mother got a new Buick Skylark. It was a time when she went to the showroom and, and, and the, um, the salesman tried to talk her into this new feature in cars that was an automatic door lock button that would cause those little knobs on every door to go up and down. And I remember, you know, she just thought that was the funniest thing in the world that someone would pay extra to you know, to automatically, you know, open a knob that you could reach that was either one foot from you or, or four foot if you were reaching across the car. Uh, and, you know, what, what a ridiculous uh, feature that was. Now, of course, you, you would never buy a car without such a feature unless you were looking for the most stripped down kind of off-road experience. Our homes will be that way. And, you know, I'm an, I'm an adventurer. Uh, we're talking seven to 10 years, probably in the U.S. before, and maybe that's too long a time frame. But anyway, it'll be a number of years before home builders will just build smart home features into the home. But I definitely think that that's not far down the road. On a daily basis, you deal with customers on five continents. You're not a strictly local based, although you are able to focus on the micro. I want to go the other direction and go from the smart home to the next logical progression, the smart town, the smart city, the smart state. I, first off, I believe that's inevitable because it just seems like the most logical evolution in IoT is going from the micro to the macro. But my concern is this. There's an awful lot of information that goes along with automation. It almost seems as if there needs to be two different streams of data. There needs to be one that is for personalization, which I feel has to be segmented and and buttressed and in a vault. And then there's the operational information, the ability to connect to uh, fire and police departments, the ability to monitor a water leak for your water company that, you know, it seems to me that there needs to be a way to separate those two data streams because they have two varying levels of importance. Yeah. And, and I think, I think you, you, you said it very well. And, and as I, it's not something I've thought about much, but I, you know, if you think today, if you call nine one one on your, on your phone, you're speaking to, um, you're using the, the internet backbone or the public, telephone backbone to, you know, to talk to a specialized person who has a certain set of data about you, but, but that 911 operator doesn't have information about, uh, you know, what my Amazon purchases are or, or what I like to, to watch uh, online or on TV. So, you know, that, that separation exists today. We're, we're using the same, you know, backbone infrastructure to send data, but it, it goes, different information goes to different people. So maintaining that division, uh, I agree with you, is important. Um, but I think that there's an, there are many opportunities for companies to figure out how to uh, maybe build separate channels and and uh, maybe parse data uh, that's that's kept in certain repositories for certain things. And and I think that's 
I think people power and, and others in the industry will be faced with those challenges um, as more and more devices get connected. Gartner Group, we, we tend to quote Gartner that says, you know, five, the, the, the connected home will have over 500 uh, connected devices in in the near future. I think the 2025 is the number that the year that they throw out. So I, I think everybody who's playing in the IoT space will will benefit from somebody bringing some chaos or some some order out of chaos to to help separate what data goes where to what level it's protected. What are the standards? Um, so I think there are whole industries that, that are yet to be, to be born and hatched and developed that will be instrumental in doing what you just said. So with convention season coming upon us and the trade show season about to kick off, I'm assuming that you have an opportunity to attend CES and other various trade shows, but just because of your position in the industry as a thought leader, is there one or two things that you have either seen or you have heard about that you think are really going to be difference makers in the coming year? Well, uh, good question. You know, I, I, one of the things I'm watching, uh, which will be important not only to people power, but to this, this whole category of products are um, video and audio analytics so that, um, you know, for instance, cameras can quickly identify, is it friend or foe? Um, at the door. These, these camera doorbells are great and interesting. And, you know, I've been inundated, um, with messages over the, over the holidays about all the package thefts and, and many people have captured the package thefts, um, on their doorbell video and their circulating videos. I don't know if it does any good. So, you know, the ability to, to maybe spot that, that stranger as they come down the driveway and start, you know, recording them earlier, maybe notifying authorities if they match a pattern of, of your neighbor who had the same thing happen. So I, I, you know, I think the great possibilities there, audio analytics, being able to, to differentiate, you know, the sound of, of, uh, uh, you know, maybe a book dropping and grandmother dropping, uh, and taking a fall. Right, you know, from a, a device that's that's not a camera, not intrusive like a camera. A lot of seniors don't want a camera pointed at them in their homes for obvious reasons. But if there's a, a device that can listen and, and can determine a fall uh, or a water leak or glass shattering versus dropping a plate, um, those will begin to transform and, and greatly improve the experiences that that consumers have in their homes. I could talk to you for about another six hours. But I won't be selfish and and steal all your time like that. So I will go ahead and say that today I have been speaking to the vice president of business development and strategy for People Power Company, Mr. Stuart Sykes. Stuart, thanks so much for taking the time today. I really do appreciate it. Uh, it's my pleasure, Sean. And um, thank you for your, your thoughtful questions. Well, I appreciate you again. I hope you have a wonderful day and that maybe I can talk to you again uh, in the near future once the trade shows are all over and we can see if you've come up with any new revelations as far as the direction of industrial IoT. Yeah, two weeks from now, I should have some new insights for you. Thanks, Stuart. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Bye now. Thank you.